0: Hi, and welcome back to this podcast of the Doctrine and Covenants. This section will be about section 14, and uh, this is very similar to 15 and 16. Um, This one has to do with David Whitmer. He requested a revelation to know what to do, and so this is going to be about him. So let me read the first heading, or the heading about this one first. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet to David Whitmer at Fayette, New York, June 1829 the whitmer family had become greatly interested in the translating of the book of mormon the prophet established his residence at the home of peter whitmer senior where he dwelt until the work of translation was carried to completion and the copyright of the forthcoming book secured Three of the Whitmer sons, each having received a testimony as to the genuineness of the work, became deeply concerned over the matter of their individual duty. This revelation and the two next following, uh, sections 15 and 16, were given in answer to an inquiry through the Urim and Thummim. David Whitmer later became one of the three witnesses to the Book of Mormon. During the translation of the Book of Mormon, Oliver Cowdery corresponded with the Peter Whitmer senior family about the work in which he was engaged. In her history, Joseph's mother wrote that, the Lord instructed Joseph and Oliver by means of the Urim and Thummim to request to live with the Whitmers. One morning as he applied to his eyes to look upon the record, instead of the words of the book being given to him, he was commanded to write a letter to one David Whitmer who lived in Waterloo. This man Joseph had never seen, but he was instructed to say to him that he must come with his team immediately in order to convey Joseph and Oliver back to his house, that they might remain with him there until the translation should be completed, as an evil-designing people were seeking to take away Joseph's life in order to prevent the work of God from going forth among the world. David arrived with a wagon in early June to transport Joseph and Oliver to his family's home in Fayette. During this move, Joseph entrusted the plates to Moroni for safekeeping. David Whitmer recorded an interesting event that occurred en route. When I was returning to Fayette with Joseph and Oliver, all of us riding in the wagon, Oliver and I on an old-fashioned wooden spring seat, and Joseph behind us, while traveling along in a clear open place, a very pleasant, nice-looking old man suddenly appeared by the side of our wagon and saluted us with, "'Good morning. It is very warm.'" at the same time wiping his face or forehead with his hand. We returned the salutation, and by a sign from Joseph I invited him to ride if he was going our way. But he said very pleasantly, No, I am going to Camorra. This name was something new to me. I did not know what Camorra meant. We all gazed at him and and at each other, and as I looked inquiringly of Joseph, the old man instantly disappeared so that I did not see him again. Shortly after the three men arrived in Fayette, Moroni delivered the plates to Joseph in the Whitmer garden. Describing the circumstances at the Whitmer farm, Joseph said, "...it was arranged that we should have our board free of charge and the assistance of one of his brothers to write for me, and also his own assistance when convenient." Having much need of such timely aid in an undertaking so arduous in being informed that the people in the neighborhood of of the Whitmers were anxiously awaiting the opportunity to inquire into these things, we accepted the invitation and accompanied Mr. Whitmer to his father's house, and there resided until the translation was finished and the copyright secured. Upon our arrival, we found Mr. Whitmer's family very anxious concerning the work and very friendly towards ourselves." They continued so, boarded and lodged us according to arrangements, and John Whitmer in particular assisted us very much in writing during the remainder of the work. In the meantime, David, John, and Peter Whitmer, Jr. became our zealous friends and assistants in the work, and being anxious to know their respective duties, and having desired with much earnestness that I should inquire of the Lord concerning them, I did so, through the means of the Urim and Thummim, and obtained for them, in succession, the following revelations. So let's go ahead and start with section 14 here, uh, verse 1. A great and marvelous work is about to come forth unto the children of men. Behold, I am God. Give heed to my word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, to the dividing asunder of both joints and marrow. Therefore, give heed unto my word. Behold, the field is white, all ready to harvest. Therefore, whoso desireth to reap, let him thrust in his sickle with his might, and reap while the day lasts, that he may... Treasure up for his soul everlasting salvation in the kingdom of God. Yea, whosoever will thrust in his sickle and reap, the same is called of God. Therefore, if you will ask of me, you shall receive, if you will knock, it shall be opened unto you. Seek to bring forth and establish my Zion, keep my commandments in all things. And if you will keep my commandments and endure to the end, you shall have eternal life, which gift is the greatest of all the gifts of God. Even though he was one of the three witnesses to the Book of Mormon, he lost the spirit and was excommunicated from the church in 1838. Although he never denied his testimony of the Book of Mormon, he was a constant critic of Joseph Smith and died outside the church. We note with particular interest that when Moroni showed the, th- the three witnesses the plates, he turned directly to David Whitmer and said, David, blessed is he that endureth to the end. Verse eight And it shall come to pass that if you shall ask the Father in my name, in faith believing, you shall receive the Holy Ghost, which giveth utterance, that you may stand as a witness of the things of which you both you shall both hear and see, and also that you may declare repentance unto this generation. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who created the heavens and the earth a light which cannot be hid in darkness, wherefore I must bring forth the fullness of my gospel from the Gentiles unto the house of Israel. Wilford Woodruff said, We are all Gentiles. The Latter-day Saints are all Gentiles in a national capacity. The gospel came to us among the Gentiles. We are not Jews, and the Gentile nations have got to hear the gospel first. The whole Christian world has got to hear the gospel, and when they reject it, the Lord will be bound and the testimony sealed, and it will turn to the house of Israel. Up to the present day we have been called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, and we have had to do it. Verse 11, And behold, thou art David, and thou art called to assist, which thing if ye do, and are faithful, ye shall be blessed, both spiritually and temporally, and great shall be your reward. Amen. David Whitmer had already received a witness to the Lord's promise in the preparation to move the prophet Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery to his father's farm. There were several manifestations of divine intervention which brought both spiritual and temporal blessings. When Oliver Cowdery's letter arrived at the Whitmer home requesting that David travel to Harmony, Pennsylvania to transport him and Joseph to Fayette, the family was not certain how to respond. David Whitmer explained, I did not know what to do. I was pressed with my work. I had some 20 acres to plow, so I concluded I would get I would plow or I would finish plowing and then go. I got up one morning to go to, to work as usual, and on going to the field, found between 5 and 7 acres of my ground had been plowed during the night. I don't know who did it, but it was done just as I would have done it myself, and the plow was left standing in the furrow. Describing this event, Lucy MacSmith recalled when he, David, informed his father of the fact his father could not believe it till he examined for himself and ascertained that it was actually true. Well, said his father, there must be something over, some overruling power in this thing, and I think you had better go as soon as you get your plaster of Paris sown, a common fertilizer of the day, and bring up the man with his scribe. To this also David agreed. The next morning, as soon as breakfast was over, he took the half-bushel measure under his arm and went out to the place where he supposed the plaster to be, as he knew exactly where he had left it twenty-four hours earlier. But when he came to look for it, behold, it had entirely disappeared. Every vestige of it was gone from the spot where he left it. He ran to his sister's house a few yards distant and inquired if she knew what had become of it. Why, she said in surprise, was it not all spread yesterday? Not to my knowledge, answered David. I am astonished at that, replied his sister. For the children came to me in the for- in the forenoon and begged me and begged of me to go out and see the men sew plaster in the field, saying that they never saw anybody sew plaster so fast in their lives. I, in- I accordingly went and saw three men at work in the field, as the children said. But supposing that you had hired some help on account of your hurry. I went immediately into the house and gave the subject no further attention. David made considerable inquiry in in regard to the matter, both among his relatives and neighbors, but was not able to learn who had done it. However, the family were convinced that there was an exertion of supernatural power connected with this strange occurrence. As if this was not enough to convince the Whitmers that the Lord had chosen Joseph Smith to be his servant, David related, When I arrived at Harmony, Joseph and Oliver were coming toward me and met me some distance from the house. Oliver told me that Joseph had told him when I started from home, where I had stopped the first night, how I read the sign at the tavern, where I stopped the next night, etc., and that I would be there that day before dinner, and this was why they had come out to meet me, all of which was exactly as Joseph had told Oliver, at which I was greatly astonished. And so that's the end of section 14 with some interesting accounts of David Whitmer. I bear testimony of the truth of the gospel in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.